0: I'm Johnny Dial and you're listening to the Peladore Podcast. Welcome back to the Peladore Podcast. Ross, training with you this evening, and joining me as always is Mr. Michael Dawn. Come I me up? Come on,
1: it's too fine, Ross.
0: I'm not too bad. Uh, how is the uh, the arm?
1: out of the cast today so it's all good news now just trying to get mobility back
0: <laughs> good man good man so it's all good all good well look on the road to recovery you'll need uh, all the help you can get and joining us today i'm glad to say is we have longford GEA and dublin ladies lgfa uh nutritionists performance nutritionist i would say kate mcdade kate how are you good thanks guys thanks man for the invitation no problem you're very welcome you're uh you're flat out these days, I'd say, with the the championship. We're in the ticket of the championship at the moment.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's busy, thankfully. Um, like I mean, it's just unreal to have sport back in the mix again. Like um, particularly like last weekend, not only being involved with teams playing, but then like all the quality games and everything that were on over the course of the weekend was deadly. <laughs> and it's like really welcomed because what else would you be doing? Yeah, it's
0: absolutely so it's class. Did you have to um, go to any of the games or, or how is how does a performance nutritionist work these days? Is it all remote or?
2: Yeah, so all the work I'm doing, well, nearly all of the work I'm doing at the minute is online through Zoom or um social media or you know phone calls or whatever it might be and um, with uh, some like sometimes I well I get to go with to the championship games with um Longford for the most part Dublin I normally would but there's so many restrictions between both teams like you're almost operating in in rotation to you know of who can get um, to the games as part of the background team because it's so limited now, um, so it's kind of like hit and miss. Like um, I wasn't able to go to say the girls' game last weekend, but I was at, um, at the Longford game in in Mullingar. So it's just kind of hit and miss um, as to whether I'll, it'll be the same situation this coming weekend. Um, but like I mean, most of my work would be done away from game day anyway. Um, you know, you might be doing um, a few bits and bobs on game day um, and particularly now with regulations, you're just trying to make sure that everyone, you know, has uh, their water bottles and, and everything and around that um, all numbered and, I've, you know, those kind of logistical stuff. Um, but a lot of my work would be done away from, from game day, um, as I said, by online means now. And it normally will be online, to be fair, for the most part, like you get a lot more uh person to person I always say in real life or real life scenarios but it's all real life <laughs> but I mean like you get to see people and um, in person uh, a lot more pre-covid than you do now but it's you know you're still doing what you would be doing
0: yeah exactly normally. well I suppose take us through I suppose uh, we'll take Longford for example because you're obviously at that game at the weekend take us through a week with the uh, with the squad or even an individual player is is there is there certain is a difference for a training week or a match week? Or bring us through, okay, if you can.
2: Yeah. So I suppose the the thing with with teams is you're you're dealing with depending on how big the panel, thirty odd, um, you know, individuals and um, you know different positions, and um, different backgrounds. Maybe you know starters, non starters, and um, so it looks different you know for most of them um I suppose what you're looking to do is um as you mentioned there you know what what is on this week what do we need the athlete prepped and primed for so um a lot of you know the preparation I do with with the lads or, or any of the teams I work with you know really starts from from the get-go from pre-season onwards and you're trying to drill in while the goals might change so you know this season has been all over the shop, obviously, but, um, you know, it might uh, earlier on be body composition changes that you might be looking for, but you're still looking to drill in um, positive habits amongst the athletes. So, you know, from a recovery perspective, you know, are they looking after their sleep and, um, you know, you'd echo calls uh, that the s might be giving from active recovery? Are they getting protein intake? and nailed are they consuming um you know adequate uh, amounts of energy for example to sustain what they're doing to recover and to prepare and for what lies ahead so um you know if it's in the lead up to a game you'd be echoing calls um in around the work you would have done in in terms of game day protocols and and we'd be looking um, and start our match prep match prep from um a nutrition perspective you know at least 36 hours before Throw in, so you're kind of gearing messages that you've been trying to drill into players from from the beginning, more or less. Like there's new stuff that you might introduce in line with how the season's uh, progressing or you know getting towards the competitive stage, but you want something particularly like championship you want everything to be second nature to athletes so that they they have a good sense of like they they feel prepared they know what they're doing they know what agrees with their their bodies uh, from a preparation uh, standpoint from a recovery i've worked really hard with all my athletes to try and keep the lines of communication open so that say for example if something went belly up for them in the game where they didn't feel too good um, we could hash that out and they'd feel co- confident enough to say, Kate, like X, Y, and Z, like, you know, I was feeling this way or that way. Like, why do you think that uh, is? And there's no reservations about sharing uh, that information with me um, so that we can, you know, rectify um, ahead of the, the game that's to come. So it really just depends on the athlete. Um, and, and as you said, you know, if it's a game or if it's training, is there, well, we didn't really have training camps this year, but, you know, you're just and trying to support and reiterate uh, messages depending on where they're at in the season
0: one thing you said there that i hadn't heard before that it's different for starters versus non-starters your nutrition
2: um well sometimes like i mean there's very i suppose the the big thing there would be like i'd be reiterating the same messages um for the most part, um, but there might be, you know, in terms of recovery perspective, if you played a full game versus if you haven't, um, that's probably in particular where you'd be looking. And um, There might be key things um, that you want the starters to focus on or those who played more minutes. But, you know, for the most part, there's, you try and keep it simple enough so that no one's getting lost. And then you're working with people as much as you can on a one-to-one basis then to really sew in or tie in um, the nitty gritties of their specific situation.
0: Oh, and here's me thinking you're a privy to team selection and you knew who was starting the, the night before. Oh, Jesus,
2: now are you messing? I have enough on my plate to know, be <laughs> worrying about anything like that now, go on. <laughs> I don't want to know.
0: <laughs> so I so suppose take us back, Kate. Um from from when you were young did you play many sports was it Gaelic football you were always interested in or basketball or what was it like for a young Kate McDade
2: yeah so i we were always i suppose growing up um, encouraged to participate in sport in some capacity so in school like primary school you know i would have tried dabbled in um football camogie i did irish dancing um, but really i suppose the big turning point for me with sport would have been um when I got to secondary school and I was introduced to basketball um and that's kind of the first time where I worked my arse off for something and because well really if I'm being totally honest like well sport was always encouraged and it was something I enjoyed like I wasn't you know overly talented or naturally gifted in any capacity and and I really didn't have a choice but to work my arse off given the the uh, coach that was in the school at the time and um, and I'm so grateful for to her for so many reasons and um, because you know starting out you know three days a week to then seven days a week and playing multiple times a day like basketball and um, while and I still play competitively now but you know very quickly became my life and and um, from that I you know was fortunate that I kind of uncovered a, a work ethic I didn't even realise I had, and um, you know, when I put my head down, I want to be better. And um, I got to, you know, travel with the Dublin team abroad. I got to go away with the Irish team and, and captain the Irish team um, in the under-16 European Championship. So, um, and, and I'm still playing at Super League level now. So, um, you know, and I really, really, you know, owe so much to the sport in terms of, helping me you know positive things that I learned through it translating that into my everyday life like looking at maybe failure in a different way in the sense that it's more of a learning curve and and really to kind of I suppose the element and particularly as I'm venturing out now trying to keep a, my business going and um, you know growing and um, you know looking at uh, hard work and, and what I can get from that and really you know that doors can be knocked down and, and pushed down if you want them to be. So um, and focusing on on what you really want to get out of it. So having a clear focus. Like I would have learned a lot of that through sport, and now I'm just trying to echo it in my in my business life and my personal life. So um, so yeah. I in the last few years I took up um a bit of football because I was watching so much of it. But and my brothers always played competitive football. My sister has played as well. She. Move more towards the athletic side, but um, Robbie's still playing away at the football, and um, and my dad, in particular, my mom has rode in behind him. But you know, GAA has been massive in our house always, and um, so I eventually got my boots back up from from primary school age, um and gave it a go the, the last two and a half years or so and I effing love it like I'm absolutely enjoying it so much um, and it works nicely because as my season ends with basketball we um I get to go into basically the game stages of football and sure. who doesn't just want to play
0: matches <laughs> so tell us this the big controversy <laughs> your brother is captain in Ballyboden, and you're playing with croaks how's that going down in the house oh
2: stop and um, would you believe while i said my sister's focused more on athletics which she has she still plays football and she's with john I so we're it. a disgrace what is going we're on disgrace. in that house the max days are all over the shop yeah all over the shop my parents actually were disgusted now i didn't follow suit with Bally bowden but you listen i was there for a good time not a long time so i went to, <laughs> to the club where i knew a few heads and. Um, being the L one that I am talking out for the first time in fricking yonks, so uh, so yeah, so I, I went for the easy route. <laughs> That's
0: shocking. That's shocking. I know. I thought only all pa- <laughs> parents that are rager better than that.
2: Uh, well, now my dad would have a few things to say, but you listen, he doesn't get the opportunity, so I'll leave it there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he did his best. He did his best. He did uh, his best. <laughs> Did you spend many summers up in up in Donegal, and what part of the what part are they from?
2: Uh, so it's actually my dad's the Donegal uh, entity. so he's from Bunkrana, Um and we I love Donegal, like I just think it's the most beautiful place ever, like I love it and I've such fond memory memories and um, from growing up like we we got up quite a bit and I was so gassed like thinking back quite like such a sap that it was um, and maybe I still am but I used to love the accent like and I my dad still has an accent like if you met my uh, if you met my dad you'd hear the twang like I don't really hear it anymore um, because it's just sad, but uh, everyone's like, "Jesus, the thick accent on him," and he's been living in Dublin longer than Donegal But I think like Donegal people are like diehard, like so proud where they come from um, and I don't blame them because it's such a beautiful part and everyone's so lovely but I used to come back after you know I might have been up there for the weekend and I come back with like I I know and my be like, what? <laughs> why I is this you? young one on yeah exactly um, and it didn't even resemble the accent so I was actually butchering it as I probably just testified to there <laughs> how bad my accent was but I just loved it and yeah and I've very very fond memories of Bunkrana and um, my auntie has a house in um Dunfany, which is just stunning too. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, Donegal's been very good to me and, and continues to be. So
1: yeah. Did you think Dublin
2: a dove Oh geez, I have to stick with the dove now. Come on, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> 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 but as dad would say, God's country. Do- Donegal's God's country, God's- yeah. Anytime we you could see Donegal ahead as we were um edging closer, he was like here kids, welcome to God's country. And it was a big exclamation every time. <laughs> okay, yeah,
0: so we, proud. we're both uh we're both fans of Dunny ourselves on the pod. Yeah. Uh, we were both in Gu- <laughs> Guidore this uh oh, this past summer. Lovely spot. Not not, um, not the usual uh the usual uh heights that you got to got to with the COVID, but great up there nonetheless. So anyway, basketball. You played a bit of that, got into the football when did the nutrition or the interest I suppose nutrition but did it come from the interest in getting yourself right for basketball
2: yeah that definitely was um kind of where it all you know stemmed from i again i'm very fortunate in the sense that like i would have grown up and um, getting you know always been um i suppose exposed or privy to like nutritious like hearty meals and it's food I enjoyed um and both my parents would have you know are, are good at cooking um or you know handy enough at it anyway whereas I would have picked up um you know tricks of the trade with them in terms of throwing stuff together and seeing that it can actually be pretty handy and um, and I would have done the same through economics at home economics in school um but yeah it was really kind of uh, that turning point where basketball was getting really competitive uh, like we would have had a little bit of nutrition you know whether it was really just a talker there or you might have seen a nutritionist once and then you never saw them again um but it still you know made me realize and Um, you know reiterated maybe messages that were coming that I was getting just at home in terms of eating well and whatnot and that you know this was doing something for basketball it was making me um, better giving me an edge and so that definitely sparked the interest and then when I was in fourth year and transition year we had to find uh, you know somewhere to do placement for two weeks so I was fortunate I got to shadow a nutritionist at the time and that for me like sealed the deal and like I listened to her deliver a nutrition talk like it was the same one I don't know how many times and each time I was just like fascinated she completely captured my attention and that didn't really happen ever in school so then when there was something remotely academic that was like or academic that was you know grabbing my full attention I was like all right we're on to something here and and then obviously through the sport I had that interest so um from that point I was very fortunate like from the age of 15 I knew what I wanted to do and and that actually was a really good um driver then for fifth and sixth year to try and get me to to knuckle down and to actually you know what
0: well, I'm basically hearing go. Kate is you you cruised for an awful lot of your life <laughs> until you basically. found nutrition in basketball and then you was like ah oh, sure I'll give this a go sure
2: listen <laughs> yeah exactly and you sure know how I'm done. <laughs>
0: Well, look, you're flying now. So I suppose what was the route you took then, uh, post Leaving Cert? Where did you go or what did you, what exactly did you study?
2: Yeah. So, uh, I wanted, my first choice was, um, and I always say this because like, if anyone's listening, you know, um, the whole Leaving like it's like, it's a stressful time and it's a big point in your life and there's loads of emphasis put on it. Um, and I, similar to everything like if i'm if i've given it everything like i'm very happy usually with the outcome even if it's not the outcome that i want if i can hold my hands up high and go look i did absolutely everything i possibly could and um, you know it, it didn't work out is there anything i can take from that to improve upon the next time but you know i don't i won't be beating myself up about it because i'm like i'm only focusing on well, what can i take that can be positive moving forward. Like there's enough negativity to wreck your head with. I don't need to be adding to that or dwelling on it anymore. And um, so my f- number one choice would have been human nutrition dietetics, and I, the points went up, but I was falling short anyway, and um, by about thir- I think thirty points or something. So um, I actually ended up getting my third choice, which was food science, and I didn't even know. I was so gung ho that I was getting my first choice because I was working my arse off that. I didn't even know what I put down on the third position, would you believe? <laughs> but anyway, it's food science off, I went to UCD. Um, and that was, I enjoyed that. That was four years in UCD, but I still was like, right. We touched a little bit on nutrition. You know, it was one very small piece of everything else that we were learning in food science. Um, and I absolutely, like I got a placement in third year and it was working in research and development. And I actually really enjoyed that, but it didn't give me that like, person to person you know it wasn't really fulfilling what I wanted I wouldn't I knew I wouldn't have be happy in the lab the whole time we're pretty much there thereabouts they also put me into sales because I love meeting people I love chatting and um, and they they put me into sales because I was able to chat to basically the wall and um, so and I did enjoy that I enjoyed meeting people but again sales definitely wouldn't be my jam now I don't sure I just have a chat and then I forget that I'm supposed to be pushing something else forward um but so I knew rice nutrition absolutely that's where I want to go so I went and applied for a sport and exercise nutrition master's at Loughborough University and I was accepted so off I went after my undergrad to Loughborough University and um it was a year-long master's um and I really enjoyed that and it was really good experience experience for me because I was in UCD for my undergrad and and um, so love I got um, moved away and you had that whole experience of of college, which was, you know, nice to kind of be really independent. Like I had jobs and everything growing up, but I suppose this was, I was out on my own and um, figuring everything out, like, you know, fancy for myself through and through. So that was really nice um, and, and enjoyable. And then I got actually an internship while I was over in the UK and um, in a nutrition consultancy over there. Um, and again reaffirmed that I was definitely on the right track to what I wanted to do and um, and that was a big eye-opener working you know you learn what you learn in college but then when you go into again real life (laughs) um, and try and apply that it's two different things and and I learned so much in my internship um, and then I progressed to senior health informed nutritionist within that consultancy so I learned an awful lot there and then I uh, came back and and set up my own um consultancy in Utricate then so um it all kind of worked out quite nicely in the end you know and I suppose going back to the leave and search scenario it's like you will get there you know if you want something you'll get there so there's no if it doesn't work out as you originally planned like if it had worked out how I had planned would I be sitting here talking to you guys like do you know where would I be I don't know um so yeah no stress <laughs> the motto and um, I, I try and live by as much as i can
0: <laughs> just for those who don't know people a lot of people would know ucd but give them an idea of how high performing loughborough university is
2: oh my god it's, totally right. it's incredible yeah it's really like i remember um so you have sorry like um it's like the, the hub for a lot of the um english um squads uk and all yeah yeah yeah, exactly so you've got like i remember the World cup um was it was it the world was it the rugby world cup was on at the time um in the uk am i what year I what remember? year were you
0: there and i'll tell you <laughs>
2: 2014 yeah 2015
0: the world cup was over there yeah
2: yeah 2014 2015 so cuz i remember cuz i was like there was international teams um like one of the camps um and i can't think of the teams so i just remember seeing them train and i was like holy god they are massive <laughs> and they were lifting crazy um stuff but you know they had one of the camps where at Lovebury university because the facilities and everything are just mm. out of this world like i remember um i at the time was uh, really you know kind of getting into weights and everything it was a really big um I suppose point of enjoyment for me at the time um uh, so going into the gym I remember where I was just like mind blown like it was just high performance through and through um, and then you've got all these like um amazing athletes just like wandering around campus like it's nobody's like it's no big deal. Um, so yeah, it's it's really, really slick. Like the outdoor facilities to the indoor, um, you know, from the pool to the gym to everything is just class.
1: Obviously, yeah, Kate, social media, especially these days, is a real saturated market with loads of like different nutritionists on it. Do you find it very difficult to get your message across and the correct message across to people on it?
2: Uh, yeah it can be tricky like I mean um social media like yeah this area in particular, in particular is is quite saturated so like there's definitely things that I've you know picked up on over the years in terms of trying to get my content out to a wider network and I try to be as active on it, to try and propel my messages out as much as I can or to reach more people. Um, but it definitely is 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 difficult. Like, I mean, um, I've tried to extend my network um, in, in within the industry with other practitioners who I really respect, um, you know, what they're doing and what they're about. And, and you know, even trying to um, link in with them in some way to if they're, putting out something that you know resonates with me like I'm happy to share that because it's you know positive information getting out to people who you know need to see it so um it's definitely a bit of a minefield and I am by no means an expert in any capacity so if I'm being totally honest like I'm trying my best to navigate through and and do the best I can on that front and but it's like it's so fast paced like it's it's nearly a full-time job in and of itself so I can't really afford to to have it as a full-time you know element of my of my life um it's not um you know I'm busy enough as as it is on that front so maybe one day it'll be different but um for now I'm just trying to do my best and put out you know good messages as often as I can and and um just hope that um you know it's it's getting out
1: to the to right people or to some people because I suppose especially with maybe younger people they can be quite good about what they see on social media isn't it it's quite important to ensure you're getting the correct thing, things across
2: yeah 100% like I'm definitely like it's actually mental like you might see such a basic post or a simple message and like that I've you know definitely it's comes from me and anyone really who gives a crap about what they're saying That's probably been a post that they've agonized over for ages to make sure that there's no, you know, could someone take me up this way? Is it, you know, I mean it to say this, but is it coming across in that manner? And you absolutely wreck your head trying to get something out that's portraying what it's set out to portray. Um, So it's definitely difficult. and I and I do think like um we, we need to take responsibility for who we're following or where we're getting our information from and you know who you follow and, and you know should you be relying on that person for you know information on nutrition or exercise or whatever it might be and you know kind of see the account for what the account is and, and don't, you know, get muddled with that, I suppose. Mm.
0: So, Kate, when did you actually realize that going into business was for you as opposed to joining up with someone else?
2: I always wanted to have my own jam. I don't, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I just, I always wanted to do it. I was like, I want to be a business owner. That's what I want. And um, yeah, here I am. I don't really, like, I don't have a defining moment where I was like, yeah, like this is, what i'm about but i i do know it was kind of almost instilled within me from a very young age that i was like going to give it a go now you see i was very naive also like in the sense that i you know there was an element of like oh yeah i'll just fall into place and it's grand and I'll get there like wow, that, that's
0: why I just and cruising, again, I, cruising again
2: cruising again you make it sound like I was cruising but <laughs> it's, it's felt rather turbulent the last year <laughs> i worried that many years at this point now but um but yeah like I just kind of was like yeah I don't know if it's naivety or what it is like I, I'm, I'm always I'm a very positive person I try to be as much as I possibly can you know Toby's look at the positive side and it's like I'd be grand, be grand, be grand, like keep pushing through, you'll get there. And yeah. And then you obviously I said it, I set up NutriKate in 2017. And like it's flipping hard, like it's really hard. And there's so many elements, like, because you know, I'm still learning a lot as a practitioner, and that's something that will never stop. So I'm like trying my best to push the boat out there and and you know. I suppose it's my competitive nature too like I want to be the best I can possibly be like I I don't really accept anything less you know but this standard I have in my own head and um, and and where I want to get to so you're trying to do that but then you've got the other element of like well business is a minefield of of itself and all the facets that go along with it so it's like you know you're trying to wade through that and you know finance I am crap at like I absolutely hate it but obviously you need to know about it and that's just the bane of my life to say the least like I I really hate that like that is the biggest stressor for me yeah,
0: well, um, when, when you get into business you don't think I'm after to do the accounting part here you think I want to do the the flashy stuff
2: yeah exactly and you're just like everything will work and af- look after itself now the accountant I have that's working with me like he's brilliant and he is like literally has the patience of a saint because like I say he's like this young one like what is wrong (laughs) how is she not gathering how is she not comprehending what I've been saying to her for whatever amount of time at this point but yeah it's it's, it is tough work and that's what actually I find the unfortunate scenario with the industry that I'm in in the sense that (laughs) Like, the nutrition is obviously, you know, there's more of a demand for now and there's more of a respect for it and it's, that's evolving. But, like, there's not a lot of areas to, or, well, from what I can can uh, gather in my own experience, you know, there's not that many jobs out there where you get to work as a practitioner, like, generally, you know, you're working with people or athletes day in, day out. And it, uh, that pushes a lot of, um you know people to feel like they need to run their own show and and it's really like it's really difficult and it's not for everyone and it it doesn't need to be for everyone and but I, I do find that i feel like we almost lose good practitioners because you know that element of it isn't really what they wanted or set up for and they you know and and so and sometimes i feel like you know the industry has left us feel like there's no other choice like jenna conroy and which is disappointing. Um, if, if that's not what you want.
0: And where, where are you at now? Is, 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 uh, Nutricate, is it for elite athletes? Is it for the guy in the street? Is it for who are you, who's your clients?
2: Yeah. So it was funny because when I came back from the UK, I was like, oh, I'm going to work with women and, uh, focus solely on weight loss. Like, I feel like I can really empathize with, female clients and you know I think that's a good place for me to start like and then the first biggest contract I got was was with the Longford team so like polar opposite like um, and but I absolutely like adored uh, you know that kind of um, my first season with them and and very quickly I was with with then the Dublin ladies and you know word and mouth has been very kind to me so Right now, like we work a lot with um elite level athletes and teams. Like we're working with a lot um of um, elite scholars and, and stuff now with with um with a couple of the universities there, um, as well as as uh, club teams around the country and whatnot. But then we've got a handful of. Um, you know one-to-one clients that you know some are athletes and then others uh we've got you know plenty of weight loss or health seeking individuals and and then we do a corporate work where the uh, where the focus is on performance but more performing to the best of your ability like as a person on a day-to-day basis like trying to get the most out of yourself and in the workplace and in life like um because i think you know we can kind of forget about that um you know performance is often is associated with athletes and you know whatever they're doing on the court the pitch whatever it might be but like to function optimally like you know at work you're dealing with people you're and you're you're performing and for those around you for yourself to um to try and reach you know your Your standards uh, that you've set for yourself so i think and so that's something actually that we've been working on so it's a real mixed bag and it's kind of um you know over the last three years in business it's just things have kind of you know gathered a bit of a bit of speed and and as i mentioned like word of mouth has been great and i'm trying to get a bit better at putting my own name out there spending a little bit more time you know, doing stuff through the likes of social media, or whatever it might be, to to push uh, the Nutri-K name out there. Um, so yeah, so it's a it's a mixed bag, uh, to be honest. And um, but I suppose the primary focus would be performance, whether that's an athletic capacity or a um, a day to day capacity.
0: Well, it sounds like it's very wide reaching and broad, which is brilliant that you're you've been able to add to your skill set in such a slow or such a not slow in such a short space of time literally speaking like three years and to to get where you started from to where you are now but i gotta ask like you're just new in business and as you said the first contract you got was the the longford men's how nervous was that now going into a a team of already established let's say elite athletes who have already been educated in some way let's say in nutrition and then you're in then to say this is how we're going to do it from here on and that, that was your first client
2: yeah Uh, well I'm sorry it was my first I suppose um sporting um client in that in that realm um but I suppose I was fortunate in the sense that when I did my um when I was working over in the UK like I would have gotten a bit of exposure to um working with elite kind of setups so I had an idea of what was anticipated and um, i you know i am very fortunate that i know other practitioners who were able to kind of lend um a bit of an insight or just to give me a bit of you know um any of their learnings and um, you know so i i i went in as prepared as i possibly could be but um yeah it definitely was a bit overwhelming like you never know you're dealing with so many different personalities and like you know you're going in and you want to do your best and you want to come across well and um you know yeah it is it is a bit daunting like for me I think in any setup and, and I've been very fortunate and um, over the last number of years you know working um under the Nutricate uh, brand that um, I you know any setup I've gone into like the management has been backing what i have saying which is really really important because you're not always going to be there and obviously any team that you're dealing with like you know they will have huge respect for um the management that's in place and um you know the relationships that i've witnessed in that realm have all been very positive ones and and any kind of backroom team that i've been involved with like it's they've all seen the importance of nutrition so they've been able to you know support and reiterate messages that i've been getting through which add obviously to the credibility and make it easier for um, my message to be relayed i suppose um, a big thing, I think, when you're working or going into a new setup, or no matter how long you've really been in the setup, I think if you evidently show, you know, how you how much you put the players, you know, you do everything you can for those players, and and they really feel that you are there to support them, and you can, you know, you're never kind of like I I'd never kind of. Uh, leave them hanging so to speak and when you build that sort of trust I think and that's when a lot of your your messages can um, can really uh, have a have a positive impact and so I think um, yeah like going in having uh, allowing time to get to know who you're working with I think is really important it's you don't always have that luxury Um, but it's kind of like having confidence in what you know and what you're about, getting an understanding of where the team are at, what they want out of it, getting feedback from the team. So seeing like, you know, where are you guys at now? Like, how can I support what you're doing and seeing what they need and listening like listening is massive like so um, if, and if they feel like uh, they're being listened to and uh, your message is being supported with by others there like I mean it definitely makes your, your life a bit easier but I do think and um, giving time and um, as well just to have a conversation with someone that might have nothing to do with um with nutrition is also invaluable because it's you know you're building that rapport and and again I I mentioned earlier on in this conversation that I would talk to the wall like I I'm really interested in people full stop so um that to me was very easy and kind of natural so it's not a huge effort um and it's something that I enjoy anyway um but it definitely I suppose yeah it's it's daunting um but you kind of have to back yourself and um, and I suppose if you, if you kind of um, try and keep the lines of communication open from the get-go and, um, and, and show that you're really there and you, you care, I think that, that definitely will stand
0: too. Absolutely. Big time. Trust is a big thing. And tell us this, where after sort of three, three probably short or long years, depending on how you, how, you, uh, how you view it, <laughs> where is uh, Nutricate now?
2: Um, so, not I, personally, by the way. Um, Where's the
0: business? <laughs>
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, um, the business. Thankfully, it's growing. So, um, I had I've gained, I suppose, my first full time employee, and um, this year, which was like a really daunting but exciting move. Um, and we've just kind of released an internship position. So, again, the idea behind that would be. After the internship's done, that provided all goes well, and uh, the the intern and and I suppose the the NutriCare team are happy, and um, that there would be a, a second full time um position available. So um, so yeah, I suppose it, it's growing and it's um been positive and there's been plenty of of learning curves. But I suppose like for me, particularly with COVID, like that was something that obviously no one could have envisaged um, and it's been a big spanner in the works to say the least like because I think it was challenging like on a personal level and um, with all that came with it and um, and then never mind kind of in the realm of business where I'm like figuring stuff out anyway and <laughs> um, it was definitely it's definitely been a uh, challenging but um so yeah so uh Nutricate is growing and, and that to me is a big positive and that's all I wanted like I, I kind of wanted to create a hub where really talented practitioners um, had a space to work in and people get really really good support and, and are cared for and are looked after and, and the practitioners doing that work feel the same way um, because I think that's that's really important um, and it should be valued and that's what I've tried to look at. To do with with Nutricate an and, and anyone who's come through the doors at any point over the last three years um, is to make them feel very valued. So I just want to keep keep that going and, and see where we end up.
0: Yeah, great story. Great story. And look, long may continue the continued success. Uh, as you know, we put a, a questions out to our listeners um oh yeah did you have any uh, any nutrition questions to, to fire your way and we got a couple in um i'll go through them and look if i got any good answers that'd be great first one have it. you ready <laughs> uh, yeah I'm my, bro- over here. my brother <laughs> is a final, final year health and physical activity student and is interested in further education in nutrition and sports performance What would be a good placement or work experience to seek to gain further experience before he goes into his master's?
2: Um, So that's a good question. Um, And I'll try and shed some sort of light on it. But um, I think with that, like in that instance, knock down on anyone's door who you feel, you know, is doing what you want to do and see if they can let you into shadow or Um, you know if there's an internship role available or a placement role or whatever it might be um, I just make yourself known to people in the industry uh, who you respect or like what they're doing um, and see where it goes from there do you know the kind of way Um, and and that and it's the same with you know teams or anything like that like don't be afraid to knock down the doors of people because you know you will get a point you know someone who's like yeah I can take it on board or if it doesn't work now, maybe in a few months' time, it will work. So, um, so yeah, put yourself out there.
0: Great. That was from Davin, actually. Um, thank you, Davin. Um, second one is, are there any foods in particular that help DOMS? For, so for those who don't know, uh, day onset muscle soreness, so the day after training or maybe two days after training, is there anything that you can help? Any food-wise that can help prevent it or ease it?
2: Yeah, and um, so protein is probably the the um, top yeah. dog here. And um, so making sure that you consume um, a decent amount of protein after your training sessions, and really protein should be, um, you know, a, a, a building block of of each of your main meals, and probably another snack throughout the day, and that should help with the recovery uh, process, and um, which in turn should help with your. Your muscle soreness. I won't negate it entirely, but it should help.
0: And in what form would you be recommending, say, a shake immediately after, or are you talking about getting the fish or the chicken into you within a couple of hours after the session?
2: Yeah, so I suppose it'll depend again how chocky your um, your training schedule is, and or how competitively you're you're playing or whatnot. And um, but. I think it will really depend like I'd always go food first like so high quality protein sources like the likes of chicken and fish uh lean cuts of beef um dairy like um because they'll provide you know high quality protein but they'll also provide loads of other nutrients and um, that are also important for overall health and I suppose you know we have to look after ourselves as people as well as athletes and you know you want to make sure uh, we're getting enough of of the wide array of nutrients that are out there. Um, to make sure everything's ticking over as it should so um, I think if you're not going to be able to get a meal within like an hour or so of training I think you know no harm in taking like um, a pint of milk or a, a whey protein shake um, straight after training just to aid that kind of recovery um, process um, but if you can get a meal you know within that uh, window great brilliant um, go for that
0: Perfect. Tell us this. Is there much difference between say milk, the normal standard milk and the protein milk that you see on the shelves these days? Is, is it much of a muchness or?
2: Uh, there's about, a, and I think now off the top of my head, um, I think there's an extra gram per hundred mils of protein in the protein milk. So like, I mean, you're getting a bit extra um, and depending on on you know what your needs are, it might help. Um. So, so yeah, you're getting in a bit more. Like I mean, and um, but I think either or should be uh, should probably do the job.
0: Stick to the normal milk and save your money. That's what you should really do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that's another thing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Another question: In what foods are good for uh, either post-op or post-surgery, and that are sort of anti-inflammatory, almost specific foods?
2: Yeah, so um after an operation like often where I find people go wrong is they think, okay, well I'm doing way less, like I need to eat a lot less. Um and that can actually um impair then the recovery process. So that's not to say you need to, you know, play through a load extra um calories or anything like that but i do think and like recovery is an energy demanding process and depending on what surgery you have like you're at least looking to maintain the weight you're at now so if you're losing weight in the process of recovery it's it's not a positive thing and even if you're to put on a tiny bit of weight or you know even if that's a little bit more body fat and that's a good way in the sense that you know you've Eaten enough to aid that recovery process, so overall energy intake um, is really important. And actually, thinking back to that uh, that question about DOMS, like overall energy intake, protein is really important. But so too will your energy intake be. But um, so that's for first and foremost, is you know to make sure um, that if you had a, a particular eating pattern in place and that you kind of stick with that which can kind of which can be difficult and because sometimes after surgery people don't feel hungry so it's like knowing that okay well I know energy is going to help with my recovery process so maybe I'll opt for something that's a bit you know easier to stomach now that I don't feel hungry so that would be something like your milk or um a smoothie that you can blitz up yourself where you're drinking the calories which is often is a bit easier to manage versus sitting down to a meal um so that would be that like oily fish is a great one for the omega-3s and their anti-inflammatory properties so if you don't eat um you know three plus portions of oily fish a week potentially an omega-3 supplement might be useful there um Getting plenty of fruits and vegetables and a variety of those like and um, will also help and um, with the recovery process uh, process and and for anti-inflammatory reasons too and um, and protein actually will be another kind of um important part of the puzzle from a recovery process too so uh, just to help alleviate as much um muscle protein breakdown as we possibly can so to try and reduce the amount of um muscle loss that you might and um, that might incur because you're you're not using your limb or whatever it might be as as you once were and um, so they would kind of be the main things like um. there's some from an anti-inflammatory perspective like there's some um you know, uh, evidence behind um, curcumin. So that's a bioactive ingredient of turmeric. So that's something else that might be useful. But um, yeah, energy intake, protein intake, um, sleep is another one and, and uh, omega-3s are, are key ones, I think. Creatine can be useful from the recovery perspective uh, from to augment strength and to help with the, the rehab. Uh, side of things. But it'll really depend. But hopefully that'll give you some sort of direction <laughs> um as to where you should be moving towards.
1: You're just okay, you were talking there obviously about creatine and obviously that's a big issue with um what I've seen with young people over the years. Like is that a good thing for young people to be taking or like it's actually disadvantageous for them going forward as they progress through the years.
2: Um so when you say young
1: people like what like, are we like young teens, we, like you see maybe I suppose I hate saying but like in rugby schools you might see young lads taking creatine stuff. Um which should they really be taking at that young of an age?
2: Well, you see, the big thing for me with um supplements is very often, and you know, it's not just in your uh, teen athletes, but so often across the board, like People aren't doing the basic stuff right, like, and supplements are there to supplement your diet. They come in last, like. So, I, in that instance, like, to me, I would imagine that, um, and any kind of um teenagers that I've worked with, you know, the fundamental stuff are all over the shop. So, like, you're looking to rectify that stuff, like, um, and and you wouldn't be bringing in supplements, um, until those fundamental pieces are taken care of. Like on the note of creatine, like it has gotten an awful lot of uh, noise over the years, but it is the most well-researched supplement out there. And we know it, you know, it has uh, very prominent um, performance uh, uh, effects. So it definitely is a useful supplement, but I think context is always really important for, you know, who is it useful for? and um, and when is it useful and i don't think any supplement um is useful unless you're covering you know through um or unless you have taken care of the basics first from energy intake like particularly in teenage um athletes like energy intake is always when well, not always but it's quite commonly something that's way off so um in the sense that quite often they're under fueling because well as that they're growing so that's something that we need to factor into they need energy just to to grow and again going back to where people before were athletes like those um basic requirements need to be taken into account as well as all the athletic requirements that um that is placed on them and also growing up like really before um players get specific to one um sport and one sport only you probably have those rugby players also f- playing you know football for their county and mm-hmm. and hurling as well or you know they're dragged between multiple sports so um i think there's a lot of scope for the basic stuff particularly um, in you know for younger um kind of athletes and and they're kind of the habits as well that you want to instill it's going to set them up and nicely as they progress forward, and um, even from an injury prevention perspective, um, you know, instilling positive basic habits is, is so, so important. Um, so, yeah, did I answer your question there?
0: Yeah, <laughs> <on>. <laughs> you did. And actually, it leads me on to another question that was sent in around sort of the teenage side of things as well as apart from portion control should teenagers be eating the same as adults as regards food or like you highlighted, they're obviously, they're growing at a different rate. And is it a similar diet? It should be for, for both.
2: Um, again, it, it will depend. Like um, I think, you know, the energy piece is something that's um, important. Um, I, I, like it will be the same in the sense that, you know, you want the predominant framework of your diet to be from nutrient dense, um, whole foods for the most part. Um, you know, a younger um, athlete might, or a younger uh, person might need to eat more often because they're, you know, training um, a lot more than maybe the adult is, or they're, um, uh, or, or they're growing, or you know, they might be doing a lot more stuff, you know, on their feet a lot more. Like it, so it's all context dependent on what is the athlete doing. Um, in the environment of the the younger person that they're talking about, and and do they match up? But you know the premise behind um any any diet or what you're looking to achieve is to you know have plenty of variety from nutrient uh, rich sources, and you know you want plenty of fruit and veg in everyone's diet. You want a decent amount of protein, um, and then depending on who the person is in front of you, and um, can can kind of sew up then what that all should look like.
0: Perfect. Tell us this, another question we have, um, and it's more to do with sort of fad diets is can you eat all your food or your, your calories or your, your nutrition intake in one meal versus um, having it like throughout the day as traditionally a lot of people would, is there a difference? Um,
2: So I suppose like, I mean, in terms of if you're looking at body composition or well, weight loss in particular, there's no difference like if you're in a calorie deficit and um, and you want to eat all your calories in that one meal like I remember when I was in the UK like one case study uh, that my boss at the time had was that he's working with and um, I think it was a triathlete and he wanted to shed some, some body fat and he had all of his calories in one sitting and um, and he met his requirements of his body composition goals now do i think that's optimal absolutely not (laughs) do i think that will work for most people no like i've never done that with anyone i've worked with and nor has it been suggested by anyone you know as okay kate i think i want to take this route like what do you think and so you know from um so so yeah like i mean from a, a, a muscle retention perspective and a muscle gain perspective no having your calories all in one point isn't going to be useful so again it's context driven but like i say for the general population for most people that probably wouldn't be optimal <laughs> no.
0: gotcha uh, this one came in anom- anonymously. Um,
2: oh, God, that makes me nervous. <laughs> what are you going to say? <laughs> Here we go. uh,
0: which, which Dublin ladies player uh, gets a, or cheats most on her diet, but manages to get away with it? Um, Name and shame. <laughs>
2: Uh, Well, firstly, if anyone was doing the sorts, they wouldn't be telling me they'd be doing it. But no, like I have to say, like credit where credit is due, like the girls are so switched on, like um, everyone is extremely diligent. Like they want they know when to have a good time and and but they also, you know, will absolutely make sure every corner and Every you know stone is is turned you know when it comes to performance. So I really have to say there's no rats out because what, a, not cop even out. what person-
0: a cop out. What a cop out.
2: Well, it's true. It's, it's I, I don't. I don't have any regrets about it politically. And um, correct answer. And um, it's it's all true.
0: <laughs> right. Last one from Shane Gallagher in Dublin. Um. Obviously, know, this is slightly different, but it would have been coming into Christmas season when people would have been out enjoying themselves and having a few drinks uh, uh, at weekends and whatnot. Is there, and he was basically he was just saying that obviously he goes out, has a few drinks on the, on a Christmas night out, not feeling the greatest the following day. All he wants to do is eat loads of carbs and loads of takeaway and pizza and Chinese and the whole lot. Is there, or is it possible to have a healthy alternative that doesn't require a load of prep and a load of cooking that's nice and easy to do when he's got a sore head the next day
2: (laughs) (laughs) um so first things first like the one of the reasons why you're absolutely feeling in bits (laughs) is because you're probably so dehydrated so i would sort out the hydration first and foremost like something like um, an electrolyte tablet in some water can do wonders that might get you over the the ropiness um but um yeah in terms of the food like i mean there are plenty of like delicious kind of things you can throw together that you know can do the job i would try and avoid like it's kind of a difficult one to answer in the sense that um yeah, I'm trying to think of all the different different scenarios running through my head, but like, is there something that you, you could, you know, you're having maybe on the Saturday that you can double up on that you prefer and maybe, you know, maybe you're throwing on some homemade chips with it and that's kind of something different to spice up the curry you had on the Saturday. I don't know. Um, but I don't, I think you don't need to throw everything by the wayside. And um, I definitely do think like, the less nutritious kind of food while it might be appealing because you're in bits and you're and um, you want some comfort that's fine but like I would always recommend like trying to avoid the whole day looking like that <laughs> um, so I think first and foremost sort out your oh, hydration and, and sorry lads. Um, and so you what you're saying Kate is when
0: you're hungover, you get takeaway and that's the end of it <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> no I think I think there's plenty of options out there that can uh, that can search out like and um, that don't require too much effort. Um, but I'd prep, um, you know.
0: Give us an easy enough example, I suppose, of something you could throw together pretty handy enough.
2: Well, any recipe on the NutriKate Instagram is uh. very much <laughs> 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 so, um, But what I would do in all seriousness is um, like, if you want something like if there's a meal that you do enjoy like say chili like chili and curry are always a go-to for me because you can literally lash everything in a pot and they it tastes nice and it doesn't require much effort and obviously the more accustomed you get to doing stuff like this the easier it becomes but if there is a meal that you enjoy or like something actually now that's just sprung into mind as i'm chatting here homemade pizza uh homemade wrap And you can put some maybe relish on as the tomato sauce or a bit of tomato puree with some spices, throw on cheese, chicken, whatever your toppings might be and lash it into the oven. And like it will be 400, 500 calories or there, thereabouts versus 1500 calories, maybe from a takeaway one. And it's still delicious um, and enjoyable. And it's so easy. It doesn't require much effort at all. Like the only thing you have to do is put it into the oven for 10 minutes. Um, or to go back to what I was saying, and this is my like one of my bad uh, bad habits uh, is to go off in tangents, as I'm sure you probably guessed uh, as we're coming to the end of this conversation. <laughs> um, I, I tend to go off in plenty, but um, it would be like, you know, if there is a meal that you enjoy or comfort food, whatever it is your chili or curry or whatever like, if you've made that on the Friday or the Saturday and it's ready to go, so you only have to worry about something like the rice. Um, you know or if you want a bit of naan bread you could you know it doesn't require much effort and again it's like damage limitation because uh, you've already been out the night before had a good had a good time Um, so you know we don't need to throw the whole weekend by by the way I said and again I think that stems from like the habits that you build like often people look at health and they think like oh that's everything positive gone out the window like I'm know always worried like when someone's meeting me for the first time we're definitely with new teams that they're like oh my god she's going to take everything i love and enjoy away from me and she is the devil um but that's not the case it's just about you know understanding that like you know just because you have a bit of chocolate over the course of the day like you're not all of a sudden unhealthy the same way that if you had your apple that doesn't mean your the rest of your diet is definitely glorious. You know that kind of way. So that doesn't make you inherently healthy either. So um, it's about you know trying to have a a solid baseline, and then you know you can add niceties in with that. But um, I just would definitely try and move away from this all or nothing mindset, where it's like I'm going to have drinks, I'm going to go hard, and everything else just can be forgotten about. And then you try and get back into it on Monday and. You know you're feeling sluggy from the weekend and you know and, and it's a cycle and um, you can you don't need to feel like death after a night out.
0: <laughs> Kate yeah. you've been absolutely brilliant for your time Kate McDay from NutriKate thanks very much.
2: Thanks so much Thank guys. You, Pleasure. Thank you. Yeah.